Welcome to the True Safety Podcast with Apollonia Rockwell, where each week you hear from safety industry experts and leaders discussing safety culture, team development, and the future of the safety industry. If you are looking for help with your safety program or have questions, head to truesafetyservices.com slash podcast. Let's get started. Welcome everyone again to the True Safety Podcast. Becca and I are uh, a little giddy this morning (laughs) talking about what it all takes to be here. I shared with her that my laptop is missing at the house and we're just going to record with my phone today because I am so excited for this conversation. So excuse me if you see me kind of swiping so I get, there you go. I can see you now, Becca. (laughs) But welcome everyone to Becca with Protect All Solutions. We are here for a part two series of mind-body safety conversation. And that's sort of a tagline, a mantra that came from Beck Corvin. Beck, thank you so much for being here. How are you doing this morning? (laughs) Hopefully better than me. (laughs) I'm doing well. Um, I was teaching an OSHA class this morning, part of an OSHA class. So this is like my second wind. And I think you and I are on the same same vibe, whatever it is. <laughs> oh my gosh. Good. Well, this is, yeah, your part two. You're already this, you're already in the, in the OSHA regs this morning. So we'll go beyond that. And yes. I'm so excited to just tell you about something that happened earlier this week. So I'll bring you up to speed. So, um, these last couple weeks since our conversation really, which was that had to have been a few months ago, which it doesn't seem like a few months ago, but um, picking up from our last conversation about this whole mind body safety, right. And how much is mental health talked about in the workplace. And so this has been, if you, if you're a safety professional and you're connected with other safety professionals on LinkedIn, you will know that this is starting to become a conversation more than it ever has been, but I'll share with you that, Um, so I recently interviewed a few, uh, mental health facilities, counseling facilities in our community. And I was like, Hey, I asked this girl that worked for one, um, one, uh, counseling facility. They have four locations. And I said, Hey, what does the the average oil and gas construction worker deal with? Uh, that you see personally at your facility, what is the number one thing that they're that they're struggling with? And she goes, um, Apollonia, that's hands down anger management, <laughs> stress, stress, and anxiety. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I was, I'm pro- probably like you were, I laughed because I'm like, I grew up in oil and gas. I grew up around trade workers and I'm like, yes, yes, yes. Like 1000% did I see those three emotions, feel those emotions when your family or your dad is experiencing those things, you feel those things. And I said, that is no duh. Like that made so much. What, when I tell you that, what runs through your mind with how many oil and gas workers you work around construction how many people are you working with that deal with anger, stress, and anxiety in this in this field? It doesn't surprise me at all. And I'll expand wow. it a little bit and challenge, you know, all of us that's here and listening. My belief is that if you're human, you're dealing with it. You can call it what you want. You can pretend that, you know, 
you're able to kind of like get through the day and not let it bother you. But more and more research and science and whatever it is that's going to convince people outside of like just having that knowing is coming to the forefront. And we just need to normalize it. Like it's part of this life to be stressed and have anxiety and be frustrated. But um, what we're, you know, talking about and trying to do is to normalize it to to give people a better way to cope with it and not think that they're so alone. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I, I agree with that. And so tell me what you think about this. So I took that information and I was like, yeah, that, and in your, I love the point you made. We're humans mm -hmm. are dealing with those emotions mm -hmm. and how it connects with what we do as safety professionals is all right. What do we do with that information? So I'm like, I'm thinking this is the unseen hazard in the workplace, right? And so I brought this to our Colorado OSHA training institution um, at Rocky Mountain Education Center. And they were like, yes, Apollonia, like OSHA stops at the recognized hazards. And we are not taking the conversation further with the unseen hazards of stress, depression, anger, like that one I just really resonated with just because well, I'll, I'll save that. But so then I'm talking to this, um, this industry expert, uh, construction and, uh, been in the industry 25 plus years. And, uh, he was just mentioning, yeah, Blonia. I said, what do you think about these emotions? And he was like, yes. So many times, oftentimes the, you know, if you're the male, let's just say, and you, and you have all these stressors going on, and even in the post COVID area era, you might be dealing with so much bottled up stress at the work, you know, at home and you're not able to, maybe you don't have a support system at home mm -hmm. or you don't feel appreciated or whatever it is. And then you're out on the job site and you can't, there's no one to talk to. There's no one to vent to. He was like, I know he, he said, this might be such future. Um, these, these might be future aspirations. He said, but would, do you ever see the workplace providing resources to workers like, like counseling mm -hmm. where it's not counseling? Like I'm here to fix you. You're broken, right. but do you ever see employers in the future providing a resource to just talk? And is that a solution? I mean, I just, I had, I just had this conversation this week. I don't know what your thoughts are about that or how do we combat all this? Yeah, so that's that's been part of my mission is is building compassion and empathy into the workplace, not just mm -hmm. into the safety side of it, but it's it's compassionate safety, it's empathetic management, you know, it's emotional intelligence. So to answer your question, do I foresee companies doing this? No, because they're already doing it. There are already companies that are providing um mentorship and professional services to their employees and they're taking mental health seriously not just from that proactive standpoint but as a tool you know like mm -hmm. making it a normal conversation bringing it from the top down but it has to you have to believe in it you have to commit to it you have to allocate resources to it and similar to how there's this big you know the big talk like you have a a workplace culture, you have a safety culture and all the safety people are like, listen, it's just a culture. Um, mm -hmm. It's the same thing with this. You know, we can't continue to just have a leadership track 
a safety professional track. This is what our employees get. Something that came to me, honestly, just like in the past 24 hours is like, it's, it's superimposed. Like you have to have all of this superimposed together. So while they might be all separate and developed by different experts and different people or different departments or whatever, they have to be able to lay on top of each other so that they don't affect each other, but they enhance each other. Like that, oh. I'm just trying to find a way to articulate what I'm trying to mm-hmm. get out to people and how I'm trying to serve people with a safety background and a mindfulness background, you know? Um, mm-hmm. And I think that that's going to be the ticket for explanation because we have so many people wondering, you know, well, we have our engineers and we have our quality and we have our safety and we have our, you know, frontline workers and then we have our customers to consider. And, mm-hmm. you know, we have all these layers uh, and they're not talking to each other, mm-hmm. uh, you know, from, a, from an operational standpoint. So when we, when we can look at it and say instead, like, are employers going to begin providing professional counseling services or mental health, emotional services to their employees, the, I guess the question I would ask is how can we build it into how our setup already is so that it is superimposed in the system that we have, um, mm-hmm. even utilizing resources and people and things like that, that we already have access to. Um, as well, but yeah, they're already doing it. Some are already doing it and it's amazing. Wow. What does it look like? Just because I don't have any connections with companies or maybe these larger corporations or maybe are they medium-sized companies? Are they big companies with big budgets? Who, one, who's doing it? And Mm -hmm. maybe if you don't have the company name off the top of your head, that's fine. And then what does it look like that way? Our listeners like me are thinking, what does it look like? And how can a company get started with something like that? Well, from, I would say that the easiest thing to start with is to already is to take a look at your pre-existing setup with your insurance companies. Um, A lot of them, you know, we've all heard about the employee assistance programs and our drug testing policies. We don't realize that it's more than just a recovery path. Employee assistance programs, you have access to all kinds of experts, you know, whether it's like attorneys or counselors or Mm. we talk about suicide prevention. I was just on Mm -hmm. OSHA's website the other day and they have this whole section allocated to suicide prevention. And you know, yes. I really changed that because although I think that that's valuable, I like, what are we doing on the front end here? You know, where, where are there like, why don't we have a page dedicated to like mental health support and coping mechanisms? Like, you know, before we get to the crisis, you're right. It's like, it, it would be like OSHA and I'm not, you know, we're, we're talking casually here, but it would be like OSHA just putting like the hotline number up there and, and not having a regulation. It's like, we're just going to call when everything's, when everything's going down. Like that's not how we should be working as safety professionals. So I'm trying to get on the front end on the cusp of this, right? You know, it's, it's here. We're human. We have feelings. We have to manage our work and life, you know, our, our quality of life, our, just everything that we have going on. And I think that our industry is ready for it. I mean, I'm sitting here looking at um, the safety and health magazine from the um, National Safety Council. And, you know, there's words in here like 
um, <laughs> like, let me find one. It's like human and organizational performance. They're talking about the future of safety, talking about how COVID has like really brought emotional and mental health to the forefront. And I'm like, wow, if we're publishing this in, you know, places like this for people to see, I think we're ready to actually start talking about now what we're going to do about it. You know, and I want to be, I want to be part of that. Like, what are we going to actually do about it? How do we get a company who's ready for it to roll it out? Um, oh man, I, I love that. I think you're right. The, in our industry has been recently talking about this, Mm -hmm. but I mean, you could tell by my surprised face that there, I haven't seen, I don't have, I haven't seen any companies do much about it yet. And I don't have, we don't have a lot of examples set forth in front of us of here's what you can exactly do about it. I mean, shoot, you said, Insurance, you know, for listeners, insurance, your insurance provider is your first step. And I'm thinking how interesting that our insurance agents haven't reached out to us as employers and Mm -hmm. how come our clients haven't been notified by their insurance providers saying, hey, we have these resources and and surely that's not the insurance broker. It's not their insurance provider's job to explain every service, but it's just not that commonly talked about. So it's really interesting. Yes. This industry, this industry expert was just really talking about how guys might not want to look like, Hey, I'm broken. Hey, I need, I need help. I, I, and, and the, um, hesitancy might be, am I being judged? Like, am I telling information that this is going to be used against me? If I'm saying, Hey, my job is so stressful right now. Like, are these notes being taken? That's like the next week I'm going to be told I'm not, I'm getting demoted because obviously I divulged to the counselor that my job is too hard. I'm saying those things. So he's like, I, there's so many questions on, on the worker side, he's, he said, I could, I could see, but he's like, man, the stress that sometimes, um, the breadwinner male or female who is carrying is just so mighty and it's so strong. Um, but I love, so the way that you've seen companies execute it right now, are you saying that their employer provides them employee resources like counseling and that's, is that, am I saying that right? That- yeah. So, I mean, it's very, it's very early, you know, the, the companies that I am seeing invest any kind of effort into it, it's still very early, but I want to congratulate them and, you know, not, um, not underestimate the work that they're trying to do, or even speaking yeah. with like upper management and leaders who at least understand and are starting to have those one-on-one conversations about like, what they can do, you know, to normalize it and to help out. Um, what I'm trying to, you know, put together is a, is a, like a resource kind of how to step-by-step um, with specifically this mind-body mindfulness as it pertains to safety and risk in the workplace. But I think just having educational content around it and dripping it, you know, to your staff is a really good place to start because then mm-hmm. instead of somebody thinking, you know, all of the thoughts basically that you said, because realistically, everybody has those thoughts around something, 
I agree. Kind, you're educating them first and then opening the door for further conversations. So, I mean, mm-hmm. there are a million ways you can go about this. There are all kinds of things around, um, you know, emotional intelligence, all of these soft skills that we're discussing as far as like employee interactions, anger management, you know, all of that stuff. But I think the problem is a lot of it is old, it's outdated, it's, you know, it doesn't affect the generations that we're speaking to. Um, and it's just like, it, it's got a stigma. Like, let's face it, nobody wants to be the one who's overwhelmed. Like, we all will talk about it at the water cooler, but, you know, nobody wants to be the one to be like, this is, this is too much for me. And then the sad part is, you know, we've all either been victim of or know somebody who has that these pressures follow us into all of our areas of life. And maybe Mm. it's not work, you know, maybe it's our family life coming into work. It doesn't Mm. always have to be that works the stressful place, but before Mm. long, you know, you're everything sabotaged because we're not self-aware enough to cope with, we're not self-aware and educated enough to cope with what we're dealing with. Mm-hmm. And um, it's just a matter now of doing what we're doing, opening up the conversation, getting some really practical educational resources out there, and then seeing seeing what we can do. But to answer your question, it's like the people who are doing it now, some of them are investing in like one-on-one mentorship for emotional intelligence. Some mm-hmm. of them are... <clears throat> looking into, um, that I've worked with into their employee assistance programs, because a lot of that's already included. Some Mm. of them have partnered with local, um, you know, practices and things like that. We're actually hosting a clay shoot, uh, on November 9th. If you were closer, I would totally have you. Oh my gosh. Dang um, it. But, I know. but we're partnering with the Appalachian Trauma and Resiliency Center there in West Virginia, which is really close to me. And um, I met this woman a few weeks ago at another event. Um, they focus, they work a lot with vets and first responders, but she's willing to use the proceeds from this event to dedicate specifically to oil and gas workers and, and resilience training for them, you know, so we can open up some slots for these people to go and be seen under the grant money, um, you know, if they feel the need or, or who knows, maybe we end up developing something, you know, with her that's very specific to what we're doing. But we have so many ways to serve people and help people and talk about this. And it's only going to make us as businesses, like for the people listening who are like, but where's the money? You know, it's like, it's only going to make us all happier, healthier, which makes us more profitable more safe, makes things run more smoothly. You know, there's just, there's no like negative part of this in my, like, I can't find it. It just makes us better people, which makes us better workers and better wives and sisters and husbands and all of the other things. Absolutely. I think that, I think that you're right. Always going back to, this is all connected. This is all connected. Whether, you know, when we're when we're fulfilled and we're happy and know we're never going to be a hundred percent that way all the time. But maybe if we had tools, these educational coping mechanisms on how to deal with stress period, that will always affect our personal life, our business life, and just how we show up because we're humans. And I think that this is also valid and how amazing is it that there's already some 
talk and some execution on donating specific resources to oil and gas workers for, you know, for example, this clay shoot and, um, and this trauma and resilience, uh, team or just these, these people, these people dedicated to this cause right and uh, and recognizing it and doing something about it is incredible mm-hmm. um when you are talking about educational resources so we're we're we talked about how counseling facilities that might be one option that's like one thing that an employer can do first step might be reaching out to your insurance provider seeing what kind of employee assistance programs there are there mm-hmm. when what do you have brainstorming because i know you're an innovator i know you're thinking of things and you just mentioned so many times you're like i want to i want to help develop educational resources that employers can take to their employees today what sure. does that look like, even if it's not developed yet? What are some things that you're working on that you think would help employees today? Um, yeah. So here, I'll, I'll preface it by saying I want to be very careful as somebody who is an in-house safety person, and you were too, you know, you were an in-house safety rep. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, we both have experience as consultants, and we're already talking about kind of like this overlap in management I want to be clear that I feel like just like safety is its own animal, you know, this is too. So I really feel like if someone's called and ready to move forward and rolling something out that they really dedicate a resource, you know, a a person um, or partner with somebody who actually knows what they're trying to do here. You know, you do not want to overwhelm your safety people or HR people by then being like, okay, now we're going to do this whole thing for our organization because it's just not going to work. Uh, That's a great, great disclaimer right there for people listening. (laughs) Like, this is my job to find the... Exactly. Okay, okay. So exactly. So I would say, you know, that like, that's just what I want to start with. But by the time this recording... errors, you know, we should be able to drop a link for this. I am going to um, finalize kind of like an introduction video of, of my plans for mind body safety. And then I'm actually creating fact sheets. So if you're a safety professional, you know what an OSHA fact sheet looks like, you know, or a quick take card. It's a very fast, you know, like, Hey, here's the reader's digest of 1910-146. You know what I mean? Instead of us diving into the whole thing. And I'm going to do my best from my experience and partnering with other professionals, you know, in mental health, psychology and organizational behavior and things like that to really just water down what a lot of these words mean. So what organizations decide to do with it at this point is kind of going to be up to them. I'm going to make it a free resource, Um, but I'm going to work it into a, a path for companies who do decide to commit to you know, working together and really starting to integrate this, superimpose this into their pre-existing systems. Mm, I like that. I like starting with something that is a quick fact sheet to see, hey, this is, we're not throwing another Mm -hmm. new huge program at you that you're going to have to implement. I mean, right away, 
any change in the workplace, any change as humans, we need to start with a baby step and a, a quick fact sheet around why this is important mm-hmm. can get companies, their brains to just start wrapping around this idea of, all right, mental health is important. Here's why. Here are some statistics mm-hmm. and here's some, maybe some little actionable items that it. we can start doing today. Oh, that's fantastic. Do you have, um, one, one tip, you know, from that fact sheet today, I know maybe by the time this airs, you'll, you'll be able to, to link it below and it might be available for listeners. Um, but yeah, I mean, do you have, you know, one piece of advice for employers that they could start, um, taking action on today? Yeah. I mean, I, I mentioned this actually a part of it in our first conversation. So if, if you hadn't watched it yet, you know, maybe you guys catch that first part, but the slowing down, breathing and being present. And those three things sound like very easy to do, but But they're not, they're they're not, but they're They're not. not. Yeah. They're not. So Mm -hmm. just becoming more self-aware and whenever I say self-aware, if that is even, you know, new jargon, it's just slowing down to the point that you're, you're, in your body and you're paying attention to what your body's doing and what your mind's thinking, you know, instead of this constant running, we're constantly on the phone, you know, someone's yelling at us from the office, we're on our way to a safety meeting, we have a stack of papers that need copied, you know, we're doing this, we're doing that, we're not breathing, you know, we're not breathing properly. And Mm -hmm. we're just moving, moving, moving. And then before we know it, we don't even remember half of the day. So yeah, yeah. To your point with adding this robust program on top of everything else that already overwhelms us, that is exactly what I do not want to do here. You know, I I don't want to create anything that is going to add to the chaos. You know, I think that something like this has to really be one-on-one, really has to be face-to-face, person-to-person, and people have to feel that compassion and empathy and witness it and be taught how to give it and receive it again, because we've just become so, especially in the workplace, you know, we've just been groomed to keep it business. And, and that just doesn't fly. Totally. Oh yeah, you're right. Mm-hmm. It doesn't fly. You know, it's people will leave and go somewhere else now because that's the world that we live in. You don't work the same place for 30 years anymore. No, no, you don't have to. You don't have to, there's options. We have Mm -hmm. different options out there. We're not, we're not afraid to take the leap to do something different. I think, I think you're right about that. And I just, I love what you said that, you know, going to going back to something simple and having self-awareness of if you're feeling stressed, you're feeling overwhelmed, you're feeling overworked, whatever it is to pause Mm -hmm. and to breathe and to monitor what am I thinking? Because so many people, I feel like we, we think these thoughts are just in and out of our mind. We have no control over them, but we actually do have control over our thoughts and we need to monitor what's going on in there and stop, um, and stop and let it be, um, accepted in the workplace. And I think one big thing that you kind of touched on right now is that, 
a program like this won't be successful if it's a program that you're throwing into your safety, you know, your existing safety program, like a hot work policy, you're throwing in your mental health policy. If you execute it like that, it's not going to work. You said that Mm -hmm. with if and when the company is ready to roll something out like that, like this, it has to be meaningful. There has to be intention. There has to be buy-in from leadership before you even think to implement something like this, because you're asking your workforce to, in a sense, be vulnerable in a way that they have never been taught to before. Mm-hmm. So you can't just say, here's our new he- mental health. That's how I, you know, that's how I'm kind of envisioning this right. sometimes if it's the wrong way that as safety professionals, like, yep, we got this new policy. We're stopping, we're breathing. Everybody get that? Like, let's sign off on this policy (laughs) that I've been, (laughs) this is the new company policy. Let's sign it so I can put it in your employee file. I mean, you know, that's, that's how a lot of policies are executed in the workplace. I do. So I love the idea. If you're going to make it, if you're going to make this successful, you're going to have to go all in on it. Here's a question for you. You kind of mentioned this we're talking about mental health, emotional intelligence. We're talking about the unseen hazards in the workplace. Do you feel like this is the safety professional's job or is this HR's job? What if it's a company that's too small and they don't have an HR person? Right. You kind of mentioned, and and I, and I just, (laughs) I didn't even think about this really. Well, and I think that that's um, in my safety experience. I mean, that's kind of my sweet spot is serving companies that are on the smaller scale who don't have in-house, you know, safety professionals who do not have, you know, your HR person is uh, the owner's wife. Wife, sister. Is doing payroll and admin and paying the bills and, you know, all that stuff. So that's my sweet spot. and, And those are the companies I've always advocated for. Um, but I think that they're also the companies that are so much more families like that you want to care about your people and provide for them and, um, give them opportunities to, to be human, I guess is just the best thing to say. So I don't know if it matters how big or small the company is. And I, I do understand that it's going to take an investment in time, which is I'm coming from it as a standpoint of I am packaging something that can be rolled into what they're already doing, whatever it is, because it's an an initiative. I mean, it's um, like stop work authority, you know, it's Mm -hmm. sure we have, we sign off on that and it goes somewhere and it's documented, but we, we all own that. We, I mean, 10 years ago, there was no stop work authority, at least in this region. I remember people like laughing, being like, stop work. Do you know what would happen if I did anything like that? You know, yeah, but, yeah, exactly. and it's evolved to this place where it's like, everyone knows what stop work authority is. We all know that we're allowed to do it. We all know we're, you know, obligated and we have the authority to do it. Um, mm. It's just, are we going to choose today to stop work and, 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 you know, exercise that right Mm -hmm. so that's what I'm thinking here is you know it's not necessarily we're going to educate people like we did with stop work right like this is this is stop work authority 
you have the ability and the, th the authority to stop work when you see something or feel something that's unsafe, you know, we're tapping into those, like that requires you to tap into your feelings of being unsafe. Mm -hmm. And then are mm -hmm. you going to say or do something about it? And, and, and that's that, you know, it's, it's just woven into everything. And I, I mean, mental and emotional health for me is the same thing. It's something we'll have to educate people on, make it normal. And then it's like, Hey, it doesn't have to be weird or, you know, like we're doing yoga in the morning. It can be like, we're all getting heated in this conversation and someone takes the authority to be like, you know what, Apollonia, nothing is getting done here. Mm -hmm. Why don't we all get up and take a lap and go get something to eat and come back and finish this, whatever we're doing, mm -hmm. you know, or a couple of employees are having an altercation, you know, whatever it is, it's just, yeah. Um, or somebody stressed, are they going to have the support if they would sit there and say, you know what, I'm not really feeling well right now. I have to like, I have to figure something out or you get a phone call on your way onto location and your kid or wife needs you, you know, this is real life stuff. And it's not really, I feel like employees want to do what they want to do, but they're afraid to, because they don't think that they're going to have their management support. So it's, yeah, it's how do you weave that into your culture so that when you find out someone's been late to work, you don't immediately penalize them. Instead, you open a conversation and treat them like a human and, you know, hey, is everything okay? What's is everything, you know? What's, yeah, what's going on here and being understanding. And so um, we can we can wrap up with this. This, this kind of made me think um, down these thoughts is that you and I are on the same page about how important this is uh, the need for execution solutions around these issues, mental health, stress, anxiety, anger, depression in the workplace. We're, we're passionate about finding solutions for this, right? What advice would you give to safety professionals listening right now mm -hmm. that they know they're listening and they're like, yes, Beck, you're so right. I agree with you. <laughs> I just need support on how to start the conversation at my workplace. You know, what would you tell a listener if they're like, I agree with you. I have an old school leadership team. I have an old school boss. Mm -hmm. How do I bring up that I want to initiate something like this? Because what is the what is the consequence when anger, depression, anxiety, when that all is left untreated? Oh, really quick, going on to this. Mm -hmm. The counselors that I was interviewing, they said, Apollonia, hands down, it's anger, depression, anxiety. They said, these things, these three things left untreated, we've seen that if they're left untreated and ignored, they lead to symptoms like dementia. Absolutely. And I, and I was like, what? Yeah. And they were like, yeah. I said, so you're telling me workers are out there seeing things that aren't even there. And they were like, yes, that like this, these, it's like PTSD, Apollonia. They said they, these things are so severe and mm -hmm. people are so thirsty and so deprived to talk to somebody and to be heard. They don't even need solutions. People are so, so I'm like, that's, I know the, I know the consequence of this all, but if somebody's like, hey, how do I get this conversation started in my workplace? How do I make it serious to my boss? What would you tell them? So this is hard 
because you're going against the grain, not only professionally, but personally with a lot of, you will trigger people. Okay. What do you mean by that? Just because an owner might be like, I I dealt with this. I didn't have mental health bullshit in my workplace and look, and I just figured it out, Susie. So you need to Mm -hmm. figure it out too. And our workers are just need to figure it out. Yeah. I can see that conversation. So I think what I would say is I would bypass the conversation and I would just start leading by example. And, you know, we talk about managing by walking around and just doing the right thing and just exuding whatever works for you. Because again, this isn't going to really work if it's a policy that has to be implemented and that, okay. that, that, you know, I don't believe that. I believe it has to come from your your heart. You know, it has to be demonstrated. This isn't going to be a very quantifiable thing, you know, yeah. at the beginning. So we have to realize, I mean, safety is hardly quantifiable. You know, we're always trying to justify what we're doing out here, you know? So yeah. I would just yeah. say that I think the best thing that somebody could do is to just you know, maybe, um, maybe reach out to somebody that they can get some resources. I'm surely always open and willing to discuss this with other people. And then to just start doing it, to just start treating people better, to start moving a little slower, to start, you know, taking time away from the computer. Like I wrote this down the other day, my, the companies I've worked for have probably gotten the best return on investment out of me when I was out with people you know, get, get away from the computer, put down the phone, stop talking about, you know, what we're doing wrong. Let's get out there and, and, and converse, you know, and communicate Mm -hmm. and And connect and connect. What I hear you saying is connect, Connect, you know, connect, connect. And then you're not going to need to ask for permission to roll something out because you're going to start to see that pulse come back into your I've been using words like or like organizational health and the pulse of your team you know let's make it less systematic and stale and let's talk about the health of our company not our policies or profits you know let's talk about the pulse on our team doesn't matter if we're making a bunch of money if we're all like dead inside in there um you know my gosh you're right Mm -hmm. yeah so so get that like momentum rolling, get that pulse going and, and you'll, you'll start leading by example and other people are going to wonder like what's going on. I think you'll see results that way, at least at the beginning until we can get a foundation that, um, you can, you know, begin to build from. I didn't even dream of an answer as great as that. Mm -hmm. I mean, (laughs) holy smokes, because I just, I know the owner that I'm talking about, you know what I mean? Like that persona of the owner and I'm I'm thinking, and I know you do too. So I love what you just said, because that would work is if you just, what I heard you say was you bypass that conversation and you start implementing these things by leading by example. You start connecting with your workers on a different level. You start the change and, and then employees, the workplace, the health of the organization increases by just this much more because you care this Mm -hmm. much more. And then And then that will be seen. And at that time, then you can go to the owner and say, hey, here's what I've been up to these last couple months. Here's what I've been up to. This is what we've seen change. Mm -hmm. And um, 
can we officially do this? Or can we, uh, can we provide a resource? Can we bring in our insurance agent to see what kind of um, employee assistant programs there are? Mm-hmm. But by us doing these things organically, it, it's already changed. So, so leading with that, and that's all free. You're right. I mean, that's something that we could do. We could control today. I love it. Oh my gosh. We could go I'm on for dropping, days. Dropping the mic. <laughs> Part three, the mic. coming soon. <laughs> I love it. And I love that. Okay. Well, there it is, guys. Again, another amazing episode with Beck here. I'm so grateful for the conversation. And um, by the time this launches, this podcast launches, uh, we'll hopefully have a link provided by Beck, who can um, give you a resource of, uh, you're, you're right, all of us have seen an OSHA quick task sheet, yeah. and we're, we'll be able to see something um, on this mental health side, on this uh, on this organizational health side, and I love it. I think, thank you so much. You're an innovator, you're a thought leader, and I, I, everyone just, if you're not already, please follow back so you can, you can get the latest and greatest on these yeah. topics. So any final awesome. thoughts? Thank you. I love it. Glad awesome. I could be here. We're going to have to do a part three, everyone. Sorry. <laughs> we're just going to keep, we're just every, so every, every few months, we're just going to have to touch base on this because this is such an evolving conversation sure. and we're on the breaking edge of it. And so people need they're, they're like, can't stop now. We need to take right. <laughs> your brain further. So awesome. Well, great. Follow us for thank more, you. everyone. Follow back. And thank you so much for listening. Have a great rest of your day. Bye. Thank you for listening to the True Safety Podcast with Apollonia Rockwell. If you are looking to save time and money with your safety program this year, we'd love to hear from you. Head to truesafetyservices.com slash podcast to schedule a free call with our team where we will help you identify the biggest opportunities for growth in your company and safety program, and we'll connect you with the right resources to help you grow. Again, that is truesafetyservices.com slash podcast. Thanks so much for listening. We will see you next week. And if you haven't already, make sure to subscribe to the podcast and share with your friends. If you know anyone who needs to hear this episode today, click the share button and send them this episode.